All right. So, uh, JT, welcome. We have JT Pollard, uh, the owner, creator of Frog Alley Brewing, Reform Architecture, uh, and so much more. So, JT, thank you for coming today. It's my pleasure. It's uh, <laughs> it's good to see you guys. I mean, I'm, during this pandemic, or as I like to call it, the scamdemic, <laughs> um, you know, we we've been hanging out a lot together, but it's it's uh, it's always good to see you guys. Yeah, I know, and it was kind of a last minute, you know, ask to have you, you know, stop on in, and as, as always, it's uh, no problem when you need me there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> cheers. Yeah, cheers. Cheers. Actually, uh, let's do. It. Uh, oh yeah. Nice. Oh, what do we got here? What do you got? Well, I'm, I'm drinking the squints right now, um, which is our sour, <clears throat> but we just. Uh, we just canned a really great beer today, which is a, it's called Just a Trace. It's our stout done in um, Buffalo Trace barrels, which if you know bourbon, uh, Buffalo Trace is, uh, not only makes Buffalo Trace, but they make E.H. Taylor's and um, Blanton's and a number of other great small batch uh, bourbons. And we were able to uh, get 16 barrels and, and age our stout in it. And it's uh, it's really an unbelievable beer. It's a 10.9%. Wow. So it's a big beer. We probably should have put it in 12 ounce, but uh, <laughs> we did everybody a favor and put in 16 ounce cans. How'd you come across, come across the barrels? Yeah. Um, Buffalo Trace is awesome. Yeah. It's, uh, so we were... We were looking all. Our, we found one place out in California that's, and they're like exchanges, so they buy bourbon barrels in bulk, and they go to a warehouse somewhere, and then they just kind of ship them around. Um, but I was fortunate enough uh, that kind of that deal kind of fell through. I, I I went on the Buffalo Trace website, and the the uh, the owner's email, the C the CEO's email was on on the website. I just emailed him. <laughs> really? and he, got, he got right back to me. He's like, "Hey, we love we love to be part of this," and. Uh, here, here's like three places that you can get barrels, and I called the first place, and they were like, "Yep, we'll have them there," and they were here in like ten days, just like that, just like that. And the best part about it is that we we pulled like three growlers of bourbon off those barrels. It was 140 proof, and it was <laughs> it was just so good. I mean, insane. Must have been quite the hangover. Well, <laughs> I don't remember much after drinking it, but 140 proof. I mean, does that does that burn going down? It was really smooth, which really? which was a surprise. Which you know, I, I thought it was surprising because yeah. I, I thought it would really, I thought it'd be really hot. But right, you start thinking like absinthe and stuff like that. Yeah, no, it was it was unbelievably good. It was smooth, um, and you know, right out of the barrel. So they're like some wood chips that we'd filtered out with a coffee filter. Oh, really? But, yeah, that's cool. And then this this just came off today. We just canned it today, so it, it the the long story is it went into sixteen bourbon barrels. Yeah, and then we um, put in a, a fermenter for a day, and then we shot it over to the bright tanks. And carbonated it and canned it today, so it's. Uh, All right, I gotta try one of those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is is that something that you're gonna continue doing? Can you still get those barrels after you're done with this batch? Or yeah, so um, now we got the connection, and we're actually gonna send some of this down to the the owner of Buffalo Trace, which I think is kind of exciting. Oh, and wow. uh, that's dangerous. It's really smooth and. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we're actually gonna reuse those barrels and do a barley wine. Oh, okay. um, which is just finished in the fermentation tanks, so that'll that got put into the barrels today, right? As soon as the stout was was moved, um, that got put into the the barrels today, and that'll be done in I think like maybe three to four weeks. That'll be done, and, and that'll be coming out, and that'll be another like those are high high, high alcohol beers, you know? They're like tens, mm -hmm. tens and elevens, 
Um, so they're the highest alcohol beers we've done. Our, our Skull Frog is like eight. Um, most of our IPs are IPAs are around six, and th- these guys are like up in the tens. Wow. Now, so. how do you get the alcohol content that high? Um, well, is, is you know, an I'm an process? architect, <laughs> <laughs> but it's all about sugar and fermentation and uh, some science that Rich Michaels, our brewer, is unbelievable. Um, yeah. And uh, and it also, I mean, you get an increase because of the bourbon. You get a, like a two per, two points of increase because of the bourbon in the barrel. So oh, you do? Okay. So it, it's like absorbing that from the barrel. It's kind of wicking it off the barrel. And none of that gets lost in the actual brewing process. It's just... Because no. it's, it's being aged in the barrel? So what, what it does is you, you go on the, the front side of the brewery. Um, we, we actually are doing mixing the mash and, and sending it through the filtration process and, and boiling it. And then it goes, it normally goes into the fermenters, but instead of that process, once once we got the wort, we put it into the bourbon barrels and then you let it age and then you put it into the fermentation tanks. Okay. So, I mean, I went through that tour at least a hundred times. I should know this by now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yeah. <laughs> what about the other ones you got there? So one of our staples is the refresh, which everybody seems to really love. And that, that's been tweaked. Um, so it was our first beer we made at the brewery. And Rich has been able to get a, a constant stream of the the hops that he wanted now when we first started we were kind of fighting for hops and okay. you know you're you're, you're getting going and, and you don't always have everything you want so he was kind of putting together a hodgepodge and now he's got a a streamline of hops that so it's very very consistent now and he, he has it where he wants it um and then i also have the, brought the winter ale okay um which is a big beer it's a seven percent beer um served with a cinnamon rim in the tap room and it's so it's phenomenal we yeah, just so uh good. We just went down in New York City uh, in distribution with uh, our distributor down there, SKI, and and they immediately sold out of that. So that really? was the biggest seller. Yeah. Wow. I mean, your your harvest ale in October was. Yeah. Well, it was freaking delicious. That that I'm, I, I'm already missing that beer. <laughs> yeah. I really like that. So. But what uh, I enjoy is like a lot of that flavor, you know, profile kind of just goes over into that as well. In, right in that it's aspect, a, it's in a, that these are similar beers. The harvest and the winter are similar. This one's got more ginger notes. The other one had more cinnamon notes, yep. but um, mm-hmm. they're very similar in uh, in makeup. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, and uh, our good friend Bobby Malozzi did this label, which I think is really cool. Yeah, um, you know he's phenomenal. He's a great artist. It's like an ugly sweater, but not ugly at all. Right, but <laughs> kind of beautiful, right? <laughs> yeah. So we have a um, the Buffalo Trace labels were done by a gal in my office, uh, Sarah Neiman, and and she does a great job as well. Yeah, so those we, look good too. Um, we do that. We do some in the architecture office, and Bobby Bobby seems to like doing it. So, so. <laughs> well, let him. Yeah, let him. He, he does a great job. Yeah, he did. Um, what other one did he, he did? The watermelon crawl. Okay, yeah, um, which really too. came out great too. I think. Now, do you think that can art helps in the selling process? <laughs> I don't know with some of these um, with so many younger guys. I think they're buying it for the label, and mm-hmm. and that's okay. Yeah, um, that's me. I've always gravitated towards I want like our logo like front and center, and I want you to be able to know what kind of beer you're buying. So I want it to say IPA big, and I want the frog big, and I just want you to get used to seeing that all the time. Um, you, you'll notice all our apparel, all of everything is is like the the logos right up in front, and we just want you to keep we want to keep hammering that on you um and because i think when you taste our product our product is 
superior to other other breweries in the area and uh you know rich michael's been doing this for 25 years he's trained half the brewers in this area <laughs> he was the original brewer at founders out okay, in yeah, uh, really? michigan um they have award-winning porters and so and he brought that to us and we've already won awards on our porter and the refresh um and i'm sure this buff this um bourbon barrel wins something it's unbelievable well we're gonna find out by the end of this podcast <laughs> you may be laying on the floor <laughs> well normally we start each episode with a simple question and that is if money didn't matter didn't exist what would you be doing right now wow uh right now money doesn't seem to matter does it i mean <laughs> what i've found is nobody's paying you and yeah. we can't pay anybody because nobody's paying us so it's uh I mean, I, I think I'd be doing what, exactly what I'm doing now. I, yeah. I really love what I do. I'm uh, first and foremost an architect, which I, I really enjoy doing. Um, we've done a lot of projects in the city. We've done Mohawk Harbor, mm -hmm. um, Center City, a lot of the buildings on the 400 block around Proctor's, Tran uh, Transfinder. So basically Schenectady. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> I mean, um, there's a couple architects down here that are really great and do a lot of work. And, and I think we've all worked well together. Yeah. Um, of course, my favorite project is uh, the Mill Artisan District, which where, where Frog Alley sits. Um, but I think I'd, I'd be doing what I'm doing now. I, I wish I had a little, you know, right now money's a little tight for everyone. I mean, oh well, yeah. Um, I mean, we're here when I should be open. Well, I mean, they, they basically <laughs> shut the country down, and uh, that's of, of no fault of our own. I mean, mm -hmm. um, and I think we're just all trying to survive. We're in survival mode, right? Um, yeah. Did your family have a background in construction and architecture before you, or? No, not really. I uh, so my dad uh, is a, was a nuclear physicist. Um, designed was on the submarine design program at at Knowles, really? um, and uh, and I I don't know. I just I was always gravitated toward, towards construction. I worked on framing crews. I worked with plumbers and electricians. So I got a real good feel of the construction industry, but what I really liked is the design portion of it. And uh, did you go to at, school? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I went to University of Kentucky, and that's a, a five-year architecture program, bachelor degree. Um, Makes sense. You like Kentucky bourbon? And I love Kentucky bourbon. <laughs> so um, yeah, my dad grew up about sixty miles south of uh, the University of Kentucky, and I just was always down there and. Always had the gear, and I kind of I liked it. And the, the architecture school was phenomenal, so um, it was a natural fit. Yeah. Yeah. What landed you in Schenectady? Just because your dad was here at the Atomic Lab, or yeah? So I like I grew up on Boston Lake, you know, Burn Hills, Boston Lake, mm -hmm. and where Mitch's it's great town. Mitch's stomping grounds and mine, <laughs> and um, just was you know my parents used to bring me here shopping when I was a kid, and Carl Company, and um, I got. I started working with a developer who was doing a lot of work with Bowtie Cinemas and Center City, the Gillespie Group, and was their architect for a long time, mm -hmm. and uh, and just really started to like what I was seeing in Schenectady. I think it's like a for me as an architect when I came down here it was like, wow, this is there's a lot of room to improve this area. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, we were looking at out to move the office. I was looking at Saratoga and um, Albany and and other and Cahos and Troy. But I really gravitated towards Schenectady. Um, they just seem to have their stuff together, you know? Um, they got the Metroplex, which Ray Gillen is an unbelievable force. I love the Metroplex. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they get it, and, and they're doing the right thing, like, all the time, and nobody understands it, like, how, how great they are and how much they help um, facilitate projects and get them going and get them off the ground. And 
and all the work that Ray uh, Gillen and Jamie Hutt do, and it's it's and they've got an unbelievable team. Oh, unbelievable! Yeah, yeah. So I just I kind of gravitated towards Schenectady for that reason. You know, it's um, it's a it's a great little town. It's walkable. It's the footprint is small enough where you're not trying to change the world, but mm-hmm. maybe we could change it a little bit here and make it a little better. So. Mm. Was that your your first place uh, that where Reform is right now, or did, did that move from somewhere? Uh, so the guy I bought out was a guy named Jim Smith. Um, oh, it was a firm before? Yeah, it was a firm before. Okay. It was a, a number of different names, but um, it was in Burnhills, right by the Methodist Church yeah, on, okay. on Lake Hill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, wound up you know, buying him out. He didn't want to sell the building, so I, I said, well, um, let's sign a two-year deal. We did. And in that two years, I decided where I wanted to be, which was Schenectady. And we built, you know, we, in those two years, we built an office building, so we're still there. I mean, was that always, I mean, you got done with schooling. I mean, did you live anywhere before? Did you? Yeah, I, uh, my wife and I lived out in Telluride, Colorado for a couple of years. Oh, really? And uh, yeah, we, we had a, this crazy house at a, it was 11,000 feet elevation. Um, <laughs> it was it was just crazy. So um, yeah, was, worked was, out there for a while. Was the air thin? Yeah, I didn't. It didn't bother me. But like my, my wife is super fit, um, super in shape, always has been. But it really it really bothered her. Yeah. Um, I mean, Mount Marcy's like what five thousand feet, Merck? I mean. Yeah, I, I think the highest peaks in New York are five or six. I mean, this was even, even the air gets thin there. Yeah, thinner. it's so like the if you look at a Coors Light can, there's that cool mountain on that turns blue or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's Mount Wilson. That was like across from our house. Oh yeah, um, and it was beautiful there. It was very scenic, very majestic. Yeah, yeah. Um, Just ski or snowboard. Yeah, I did a lot of skiing. I was never a snowboarder, but no. um, did a lot of skiing there. Telluride's like one of the most vertical mountains in the country, and it, it was just insane. Was so that was like what? And what? What? Uh, I was uh, ninety four, I think ninety five. Was snowboarding even like a thing then? Did it? It, it was just getting started. So I were mean, they like the rebels on the mountain? Out there, it was just like everybody was crazy. Okay, you know, I don't <laughs> think there was one that was more rebel than the other. I I, I tell this story all the time. I went I went into work one day. The first year I worked on a framing crew because there was no there was no job for architects. So I, I actually ended up building the office I worked in. That was the deal <laughs> I cut with the architects. Um, so I, I go to, we get some snow. It was like a foot. It wasn't a big deal. Um, I drive into town. I go to work. Building's all locked down. I start working. You know, I'm, I didn't really know yeah. what I was doing. It was yeah. like my first week or so. <laughs> How old were you? I, um, I was probably 25. Okay. And I was like, what the fuck? going on so um i finally was able to get a hold of my boss who worked up in boulder and i was like dan what you know what's up he's like well it's powder day if, if you get more than six inches of snow everybody just assumes you're going skiing really <laughs> and nobody goes to work so i was like oh that's kind of cool but i don't have my skis but um so that, that was the mentality out yeah. there thanks for the memo yeah and yeah, nobody let me in on that one welcome so. <laughs> oh man what what got you to rehab the building where Frog Frog Alley is? I mean that I, I um so our first develop so there's architecture and then there's development right and then you, you always want to you're trying to control the architecture and make the architecture as good as possible, which is t- difficult when you're working with developers because they always want to they always want to cheapen things up and 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 kind of you know, strip it right down so it's bare bones and so they can make the most money, which I completely understand. Yeah, that's understandable. 
um, and every and everybody gets it. But you know, architects look at it, at the fabric as as a little bit different. You know, we're we're looking at the fabric of the community as we want to build buildings that are going to be here for a hundred years or 150 years where these guys are looking to build buildings where they make their money in 30 years and they get out and it's, you know, and, yeah. and then you got to redo them. So it's a little, it's a, you know, it's a different mind mindset. Um, the first project I did was, was 151 where, where uh, Tim runs okay. runs 151. I bought that yeah. building out of foreclosure from the city and really, and uh, Tim, Tim runs 151 and, and we, uh, you know, helped him get that off the ground. And then, my wife Michelle has a, a yoga studio above it called Hot, uh, Studio Four Hot Yoga. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and then we have the uh, pretty popular. Yeah, yeah, it's really she's doing great with that. So, and then we have um, Harry and uh, Haley, Harry and Haley, right? Yeah. Running the <laughs> running yeah. the uh, running the brewery. So yeah, so but, it's it, that's that's like a little. It was a really nice little project, you know. We I, I didn't I. I mean, what did it look like? Was it just a just rundown, dilapidated, just old tire? What, 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 yeah, it was a tire what, store, was it a stone, or something like that. I was literally we went to lunch with this guy. He was a head of development at the time, and we just went. Okay. To, we always go to lunch or something, you know, have a couple beers together. And I, and oh. I was like, Steve, what do you, what do you got in the city? That's you know, I'm looking for a, like a little project. I don't want anything. Yeah, yeah. nothing crazy. Too crazy. I just want to do something, you know, to help the community and you know, whatever. Yeah, you know, come up with some concepts and ideas, yeah. and he's like, "Well, I got that." And we we happened to be walking back to city hall, and you could see you could see it, you could see it from there. And I was like, "Well, how much is that?" And he's like, "Well, I don't know. I, I could <laughs> let me look it up." So yeah, we went yeah. and looked it up, and I was like, "I'll take it." And he's like, "Really?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah let's do it." Yeah, um, and what? and that's been fa- that's been really a, a home run, I think, for the city, honestly, because it just it kind of it starts to push. Oh, I, you always look at it, the stone in the pond, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, if Proctor's is where the stone lands and you start to you build out those waves mm-hmm. as they go, that's where you, you want to be as close to that stone as you can. That makes right? sense, yeah. And uh, you, you want to make that those those rings as, as good as you can. And I, and I think where, where I've always been surprised that like J Street's always been like, it's finally starting to come around. I but know. it's, and, and you, you know, you're a big help to that, but it's like, we we got it. I know that that, that little you know, walkable mm-hmm. spine is so mm-hmm. nice, right? Yep. The Proctors, and uh, I think we just need to enhance it. I just I want to see it become the next Caroline Street. I me too, <laughs> me too. I mean, I'm, I'm three blocks away with Frog Alley, but I I still think it's special, you know. Well, of and course I, it is. And I I've always been the guy that says, hey, we want more bars, we want more entertainment, we want more stuff because. You got to have a nightlife to people want to live here. Yeah, you got to have the benefit. I think some people get so tied up with, you know, we're the guys down here, and we're always going to be the guys down here. And I think that's the wrong way to think about things. Mm-hmm. It's like more when, the, more the merrier. I, when I was in college, which was a million years ago, <laughs> and we were home for the summer, we would be like, "Let's just go to Saratoga." We yeah. didn't know where we were going. Well, we were Burn we Hills like, guys, you yeah, know, and that's that's where we went. Yeah, but now all the Burn Hills guys are coming they're, to Schenectady. They're all coming and I, here, and I think that's. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's like they don't need to know they're coming down to go to J Street Pub. They just need to go down and they just come, here. come down here and hey, maybe they're you know maybe they're going to they go to Frog. They go to, they come Wolf's here. Beer Garden, yeah. or maybe they're going to Frog Alley or Bar Hop. Yeah, or, or maybe you know you're having some dinner at Johnny's or Grano or you know all these places are phenomenal. What I've always really liked about Schenectady is the fact that I mean when you go to Saratoga, don't get me wrong, I used to live there, I had a good time, but you know you're on you're on one block. And that's it. I mean, like, I mean, obviously, there's great places around, but that's it. Yeah. Here, it's at least you get a bar. You know what? Let's go to the next place. You at least walk somewhere. 
You know, you're at least you're walking a couple blocks, and you know whether you find that better or not. I enjoy it. Right. You're walking, you're just bouncing people. around a little yeah, bit. You're yeah. walking with people, talking to people. You know, until you get into the next, you know, busy place, which is normally you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I got to tell you this. Uh it's not right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I shut this place down. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I, I it, the the uh, this thing has been crazy because d- during the summer when we could, you know, we we try to follow the rules as close as we can, and oh, yes, and phenomenally. what uh, what we were doing is they were allow a five piece band, so we we're having a band on a full stage with the twelve foot separation and the tables f- spread six foot apart and social distancing, but we were able to get 250, 300 people out. And, um, but your place can hold like 700. Right. Yeah. Right. Or, yeah. But I'm, I, when we were doing it outside, it was like, yeah. we had some, we were able to just spread everybody apart, mm-hmm. which I think everybody appreciated. And, and now you're inside and it's like, I just think people don't are like a little bit like nervous about coming out. Yeah, well, you, know? you know, it's, it's, it's warranted. Yeah. Oh, I gotta so. turn that ice machine off. So did you get the, the Frog Alley building through foreclosure too? Yeah, actually I did. Um, I, had, I had assembled, let's see, I think I bought 17 properties down there. Seven, they weren't all different owners, but there were 17 different properties. Um, and I had them all under contract, but I, I really didn't feel like I could do the project and make it significant enough unless I got the Breslau's building, which is the is the big building where Frog Alley sits, okay, because um, we had a brewery designed in some other spaces, and and we know we always knew we wanted to do a brewery, but um, the Breslau's building was really the one we needed, and for whatever reason, uh, you know, who knows, but it, it went into foreclosure and took like it took us like eight months to get it, but we ended up uh, really ended up getting it. So I had a buddy that lived in the apartments there before. You, you guys actually had it and it's amazing that what you guys turned it into because it was it was a shit show shit hole before I mean, it <laughs> yeah was, it was like uh i don't want to say it was section eight but it was it was you know it was bad um the one thing i didn't know when i bought it and you know we paid up for it we paid a lot of money for it um and we ended up gotten the whole thing but mm-hmm. the um the floors sloped from the back of the building to the front of the building two foot. What? So so every bay sloped an inch and there was twenty four bays. So every so it was like this craziness you'd like I was like when you're walking down the hall, you're like, what the you're like, like going my, on? am I following forward? Is that from settling or no, it, uh no, the building's built very well and had this amazing foundation under it. Um it's actually it was an old furniture manufacturing space. Okay. And from what we've, you know, we've researched it, um, they had this elevator core in the back and one in the front. And we, what we think they would do is they'd bring the raw materials up in the back. And then as they'd assemble it, they would roll it down the floor. And then they get finished product at the uh, front of the building. Okay. And then drop it out the, down the elevator and then give it to the customer at, on State Street. And that... I, do I know that's 100% accurate? No, but I, we, that's the best we could figure. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. But they, they also made, like, caskets during the uh, Second World War, and it, there's a great, great really? history in the building. Yeah. Wow. So. Do you wish you kind of just knocked the original building down? <laughs> you know, I, I don't think I really saved much, honestly, when <laughs> I, at the end of the day with leveling the floors and, you know. Yeah. 
the one the one good thing about having the existing building is we you know we were able to build the brewery and get it operational while we built the rest of the facility around it yep um so i don't know if you remember like the little tap room in the back mm-hmm. yeah. that's now the apartment lobby yep. and we were just able to at least start getting our brand out there and making some beer and selling some beer across the bar so oh, yeah was it the was it the home run no but it was you know it was a way you to had, get going you had to do some seismic testing right yeah well the uh the new code requires all existing structures to be brought up to this new seismic code so we spent like two million dollars reinforcing it and for those who don't know what seismic testing is well it's uh it's it's seismic reinforcing is what it is and it's uh in case there's an earthquake Mm -hmm. so just just to make sure the building's sound yeah that's the soils really be like liquefy you know in a uh, earthquake and and you just need to make sure it's stable. Yeah, and obviously it was. Yeah, obviously it is now for sure. <laughs> yeah, so. you have so much extra. Just it looks like uh, you know, it's, it's it's sturdy. Yeah, uh, yeah. You got there's beams everywhere. <laughs> yeah. It's it's not going anywhere. But you were telling me it was more of a like, it's more of an aesthetic look, honestly. Well, the the um, the plan was always to do the cage around the building just mm-hmm. to, to hold because we want to do balconies on the apartments. Yeah. So we were always going to do the cage, but. Um, the seismic, the seismic calculations that we needed to do made that whole cage a lot heavier, and we had to put like these angle reinforcements in inside the building. So mm. we just added a, a, a ton of cost to the project. Yeah, which you know we'll never recover. But it looks great. It looks beautiful. <laughs> it does. Yeah. You come you come into town and look at it, and you're just like, look yeah. At the Janelle Group. I don't know if you've been up to the Janelle Group space, but it's. It's spectacular, and those guys are monsters. I mean, they're they're just the, the coolest company. Yeah, yeah. And uh, well, but, I, I was walking through the stockade, and you, and you see where they were working out of, and they got what, like eighty, hundred something plus people, and they're yeah. Like, I think they hired. Um, I think Darren said they had like thirty people through um, COVID. Really? So in the last, um, you know, in the last six months, they've hired thirty people, and a lot of them are working from home. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's a tech company. They can they can work from home or wherever they you know they can be mobile. But yeah, um, but it's 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 really cool space. It's on the top. We built it on the top of the Breslau's building, so we built new space on top of the existing building. Did you design it with the notion that they were going to probably rent it, or I mean, we were you guys always talking like, hey, I'm yeah, I have this great space, and you guys want to? Yeah, I got um, city councilman Ed Kozier, um Brought up, introduced me to them, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Well, we want to see where where we'd possibly be." So, um, we 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 rolled a keg over there, put it on top of the roof, <laughs> put a little tent up on the roof, and we're like, "Did you really?" Here's your office, and they were like, "Sold." <laughs> it was just that easy, really. That's they genius. love beer and, and great views. So. That's genius. Yeah, it was. It worked out really. Is well. the view good from up there? Oh, it's spectacular. It's I mean, all the steeples in Schenectady and Schenectady, mm-hmm. and you know, overlooking the stockade. It's it's mm-hmm. amazing up there. Well, I I've, I've managed to make my way to uh, one of the terraces you have up there. And you have a great view of even GE, just that. Oh yeah, the the west the yeah. west patio. Yeah. yeah. So that that hasn't even really been used yet. I mean, we've had people up there, but there's a that the sunsets are are killer. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a four thousand square foot patio. Um, wow. It's got a bar up there, mm-hmm. um, and we'll use that for special events yeah, catered wedding. with bountiful bread and okay. and uh, Brian White. Yep. Yeah, that's cool. Yep, that's weddings, cool. bachelor parties, whatever you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. All the above. Is there still a plan uh, with those storage containers that you have? 
Yeah. So the, uh, um, y- you know, this uh, the pandemic has hurt us in the, in this way. Is uh, we had a bunch of those leased to the idea with the containers is, um, and if you're listening out there, you haven't been there. It's uh, they're shipping containers that are fit up as bars, and there's five of them at Frog Alley that serve the outside patio and the inside space um, with a garage door that separates them. Mm-hmm. And if you if you were to rent one of these, you get the inside and the outside container. Um, and the idea is is that you pay us a lease and you sign this agreement, which is called a um, AP agreement. And that, that's through the SLA where you can manufacture beer in our facility as if it's your own facility. Oh, really? And then the idea is when we're jammed and we're having trouble serving everybody yeah, yeah. that these guys can serve their beer mm-hmm. um out of the container they have eight, eight taps in each container now do they have to have their own liquor license to do that or they, they just work under yours no they do they actually get their own liquor license so they the idea is that we work, we're working with the community college and we're teaching their brewery program in our facility mm-hmm. And then um, the idea is like the next natural step would be like, hey, I'm either going to go work for a brewery or I want to start my own brewery. Yeah, and they have everything at their hands right there. So this kind of kills two birds with one stone. You, yeah. You're not full in on starting a brewery and laying down $5 million. Yeah. You sign a lease. You come in. You brew under the guidance of our brewers. So mm-hmm. it's almost like another logical learning step. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You start to create your bank brand. I look at it as like another year or two of college, right? Yeah. With with the lease payments and everything, but you're actually making money over the bar. So a master pro, a master's program that pays you exactly. So <laughs> and, and you're building your brand, and and um, you know you're getting to know your customers, and you're starting to start those relationships with banks, and and hopefully your next step is to start your own brewery, and that's that's kind of it's like that. It's an incubator program for somebody that goes through the college program. Mm-hmm has uh aspires to to be to open their own brewery but it's not quite ready yet mm-hmm. and we give them that next logical step to get them there and and your what would you say your brewery facility like if you had to put a cost value to your as in saying yeah i can't afford a eight million dollar place i mean what would it cost to start that brewery so our our brewery um if you were just to to rent the raw space mm-hmm. and then put the brewery we put in i think we had like uh three million dollars worth of raw equipment okay and then a couple million dollars to to fit that to hook that equipment up okay you know yeah, yeah. Although, you gotta wire it you gotta plumb it mm-hmm. you gotta steam lines now, um do you have to have a company come in and do that yeah, we had, um, I mean, we did a lot of it ourselves. We set all the tanks. We built all the brew house. Um, we set up the canning line. We set up the bright tanks. Uh, we that, did, that's all That's all accessible to someone who wants to do that? Yes. Oh, wow. So so we did we did a lot of that work ourselves, but, like, um, we hired uh, Schenectady Hardware and Electric to, to wire it. And mm-hmm. we, um, you know, uh, Troy Boiler did all the boiler piping, RMB did all the, HVAC in there, and and uh, we had a great crew, all managed by BBL, who's phenomenal. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. So yeah, we had a great a great team down there. Yeah. Does the the partnership with um, the brewing class uh, over at S Triple C? Do you guys do anything with the distillery too, or is it just brewing? Because yeah. So the distillery is um, yes, it, they're going to uh, teach the distilling class there as well. So we have a classroom space, and then we have the physical brew house and physical distillery. So it, it'll be really hands-on training where they'll actually 
they have their own license and they make their own product with the um, instructor. So they'll actually be able to, you know, they'll actually be able to taste it. Where we've agreed to buy the product back from them. Oh, really? Um, so you know, it's it's just a it's a really nice kind of marriage with SCCC mm-hmm. and engaging them into the project and, and into the community. I think you know, I mean, they're they've been great as well to work with. So that's that's awesome. Have you guys done anything on your own, uh, Frog Alley, with the distillery yet? Not yet. We're um, the the distillery is all set up. Uh, the still itself is all set up. Um, we. Did run water through it to make sure it didn't leak, um, but we're into the TTB, which is the federal piece of getting your license, oh, okay. um, and expecting to hear back from them within the next month, and then we'll go to the SLA, and you know we'd hope in a, in a couple months to hear back from them and and uh, get going. So, do you guys have a plan with it, or are you just going to tinker with it? And I mean, our our main plan is um, really servicing the liquor sales across the Frog Alley Bar, so. Um, we can we can make we can make uh, vodka that's very similar to say Tito's, mm-hmm. and uh, you know we can we can get very similar profiles to the products we're serving there, and it's just going to be Any the job? profit margin on that is going to be way better for us because we can do like a, a bottle of liquor out of our own still for two bucks, mm-hmm. where we're paying for the same bottle we're paying twenty three bucks for a, a bottle of Tito's. The just, markup is that much? Yeah. Wow. So just because you know the the raw materials are are so cheap, mm-hmm. and we we have the whole hot side, so so the brew house is the hot side, right? So if you're gonna make mash um, for a bourbon or something, we we can do that all in our brew house. We don't yeah, yeah. we didn't have to double up on equipment, so we already had it there. It's like you know you may have to put another shift on of someone mm-hmm. to come in and do it, but all the all the hardware is there to do it. Um, so we're able to be very efficient in in uh, in in that. In, in making those uh, products, hmm. that's cool. Are you so, able to do gin too? Yeah, yeah. We've got a nice. Merck so, and I are gin people, so uh, me too. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I'm, people don't like me drinking. I don't know. <laughs> so the, the gin, uh, so gin is made very similar to vodka. Like vodka, you run it through the twenty plates, uh, the columns. Oh yeah, I don't obviously. Know you, yeah. So there's like these big tall <laughs> columns with these glass. Uh, things and you run them through it. You run it through the plates, and so vodkas, vodka in general, come out at 190 proof. Oh wow! The only difference with gin is you run it through the gin basket. Oh, so it's just so it's just like juniper berries in a basket that that, that it runs through and flavors it. Oh, so it's it's basically it's basically vodka with with juniper fla- flavoring. Yeah, with whatever flavor, and that's that's the difference. Yeah. Is there a reason why the Jupiter, ju, junipers make, make you crazy? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a scientist. But I have partaken. <laughs> I mean, what, what is your knowledge on that, Merck? Uh, I really don't have any knowledge uh, yeah. as, as to how gin is made. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can tell you how it tastes and then forget in a couple hours after I taste it. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Will you point out the Buffalo Trace? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. There's a few of them in here. I haven't hung it yet. <laughs> that uh, that's the, the the CFO. They were so cool. Our CEO, he's so cool. He's just like, yeah. What do you need? It's it's my it's my favorite bourbon. Yeah. Uh, our Americanized friend Joe got us onto it, and I, 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 so it's actually normally allocated. And uh, what, I, what I think what happened was time one time was uh, there was a 
somewhere up in the distribution uh, part of it. Uh, I've asked when I first opened that I was almost every every week I was like, hey, can I get any Buffalo Trace? And my liquor reps was like, <laughs> is that a serious question? You're like, obviously, no, it's not. You yeah. can't because it's allocated. And then about, I'd say a year ago at least, uh, a truck rolls up and a guy's trying to deliver like nine cases of it. Now, I don't think I've ever bought nine cases of anything. <laughs> I don't even think I go through nine cases in a month or two months while I'm here. But he comes up and he goes, oh yeah, we've got nine cases of Buffalo Trace for you. I go, I, I go I'd, I'll have one. Yeah, I was like, I'll keep, I'll keep one, I'll keep one. I go, why, how much is it? And he was like 2,000. I'm like, yeah, that ain't gonna, yeah. That ain't gonna fly here, my friend. And so I think after that happened, it was just a, an account mix-up. But it that order opened something up for me. Yeah. And so it was like a month or two later, you know, I get you know the courage to ask again. I go, so can I get that Buffalo Trace? And he's like, huh. I go, can you just try? He goes, all right. He goes, holy shit, you can get one. I go, can I get two? He's like, you know, two bottles. I'm like, can I get three? How about having have a case? Put a case in. He goes, holy shit, you can get a case. Yeah. And then boom, case. And now I can get a case every single time I you know I ask for one. <laughs> yeah, we I um I love like Buffalo Trace makes a, a bourbon called Blanton's. Is a small batch, and that's okay. that's like my favorite. Um, and it's that's really hard to get now. I used to give it out as like Christmas gifts, and it was like thirty five, forty bucks a bottle. Now yeah. it's like a hundred bucks a bottle. Really? And, yeah. And I you know. They just played that game of like, no, we're not. We're, do you blame them? Yeah, no. Yeah. No, oh, hopefully wish, you can do that. I wish I was that smart. <laughs> well, <laughs> it like, seems like you're getting there. <laughs> you got to try one of these. I will. <laughs> Crack it open. It's dangerous. <laughs> Couldn't do it. <laughs> I know, and you're drinking the squints, the three percenter. I had I had one of these at the at the tap room, where the first one off the tap. It was. When do you plan? Oh, it's on the it's on the draft line already. Yeah, we just put it on today. Oh, that's so. awesome. Oh, it's so good. So, oh wow. Yeah. So right. we're serving that in like a. I think we're serving that in like an eight ounce or nine ounce glass because yeah. it's you, it's gonna. It's it's ten percent. It's these are these are some fighting cans. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to whack down a four pack, you know. Put you in a hospital. It's cool. Well, it's quarantine. This is my what I might need. This is a beer that you're like sitting on the couch, mm-hmm. and you know you're going to be on the couch for a long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are you guys planning on? Let's say you know in the future after COVID's over with music. Yeah, so we'll continue. Uh, you know, we've got some really good connections in the mu- music industry, and um, I've been, you know, um, F- Rocco from Funk Funk Evolution is one of my favorites, and and mm-hmm. he, he, we've been continuously chatting and uh um trying to figure this out whenever you know they cuomo um or new york state whoever did it you know took away the cover which really hurt us because the cover not so much uh was the cover to make money it's to make money it was really to how do we set up the room with people that we know are coming yeah you know and people that'll that'll um go and reserve a table and if there's no money exchange then they they don't care they don't come and then we're like stuck with like a 10 top in the middle of the room that's empty Mm -hmm. and you know what people don't understand is bands are expensive and i I think they do but they they think when you have 
a tap room, a bar. It's like this license to print money, and it's not. No, you know, especially right now. Yeah, I mean, especially not right now. But yeah, now they're all laughing, you know. <laughs> uh, but you know, you wouldn't. You have a band, even on a Friday night. This band is three to four thousand dollars. Yeah. That's a lot of beer yeah, to sell. We've always just tried to do like $5 cover, you know? Yeah. We're not trying to kill anybody. It barely even covers the band. It won't cover the band, but it doesn't matter. Like yeah. what we're, we're trying to do is just offset the band costs slightly, mm-hmm. make sure we know who's coming. And at least you have them there. Right. And when they did, well, I mean, they did two things that really hurt us um, and, you know, shut, I'm guessing shut you down. Um, they, one, you can't advertise for music. Mm-hmm. Two, you can't pay a cover. You can't charge a cover. Three, they cut our past two hours off. You know, they cut 10 and 11 for us. And well, four for our, me. Uh, 10, 11, 10 to 11, 11 to 12. And then, yeah, and then most of the staff from Frog Alley goes to J Street Pub. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if anybody knows that, but, and then, you know, we're, you know, we're supporting each other. So, I, you know, that, I think that just hurt everybody in a negative way. And I, you know, I, I don't understand. I don't understand the science behind that kind no, of move. Well, for me, when he, you know, he did come out and say, "Well, no, we realize only less than two percent of cases are now coming from bars because one point seven, one point seven. But then, you know, everyone just moves inside, which is understandable. People are going to do; they're going to hang out, they're going to drink. My thing was, at least we were babysitting them. Yeah, you know? I, at least when they were here, we, their masks were on when they were walking around. That doesn't happen. I mean, I've been invited to. Four New Year's, Eve, New Year's Eve parties so far. Each one with at least over 20 to 30 people. Yeah. No, no one's wearing a mask. And at least our places, we got high ceilings. We got air moving through, doors open and closed. Uh, Merv 13, whatever the hell it is, you know, filters. And, yeah. Mm. But I'm invited to go to a place where I'm going to be in someone's 10 by 15 living room with a seven foot ceiling. Yeah. You know, I'm obviously not going to do it, you know. And nobody's at Walmart, you know, going through the aisles, making sure everybody has their mask on. It's only at no. the cash register and when you walk in. No, yeah. and barely, like barely, a, bar, a bar actually monitors it better than, you know, all these other essential businesses. But they don't get they don't get fined for it. No. I mean, I, I don't I, people. I don't know who's listening or whatever. But <laughs> you gotta tread lightly. Oh, you gotta tread lightly. <laughs> um, I I know it's it's I I can appreciate the thought process on shutting down early because the one problem we've have had with people is when you know we serve pretty big beers at Frog Alley and Mm -hmm. you you can drink two and you're fine and you drink three and you're you're a mess right you just forget and and yeah people just get up and they're not doing it intentionally and they're not trying to do anything wrong and but you tell them like three or four times and you're like come on dude come on just put the fucking mask on I know it's not I my know. rules. It's really not my rules. I know. How I don't do you think? I, how do you think I felt when they would leave your place to come to mine? I know. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I've had conversations with the SLA about you know what's going on, and, and they actually with me they they've been fantastic to deal with. Um, same and same and same trying way. to, I mean, I think they're really trying to coach you up instead of trying to beat you down, mm-hmm. um, which has been which has been good. It's been a and I've I've met with the county. Um, you know Frank Solomon with the county and yeah. and really worked with him on and what we need to do and and uh, especially early on when when we were all trying to figure it yeah. we're trying to kind of well well we were we, figure here, our way you know we feel our way through it we weren't the city here our caseload wasn't wasn't that bad you know I you know I like to say I follow the science too but you know when we have a county of one hundred fifty five thousand people and there's only twenty two active cases you know I, I get it yeah but I. 
now it's, it's now it's a little different. We're in a different state though. No. It is. It is. I, I'm you know I'm, I'm very hopeful about this vaccine and that everybody's uh, well, everybody's, I think. seems seems to be on board with that and it's getting pushed out pretty hard. So mm-hmm. yeah, you know we want to. I mean, you asked about music, Merck, and I think the one thing we're really excited about besides just the local bands um, on the on the small stages. If anybody came to Frogtoberfest, um, we're we're planning on doing twelve to fourteen events a year mm-hmm. that are, you know, national touring acts that are coming, th- either like routing from the city to Montreal or routing from the city to Boston or routing from the city to Buffalo, and 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 we're going to be a stop. Yeah, and really, it, it, and it's out there. I mean, we had Granger Smith, which got canceled the the march 18th um <laughs> the day they shut the country down yeah um we we canceled granger and, and the, but that's rescheduled um this may um if we can do it and if not we're going to push it to june but okay um we're really excited about that and and about doing about getting you know we have that you know two acres of parking in the back mm-hmm. that it, you know it's so you can't park there like 12 times a year so <laughs> that's going to be uh <laughs> That's going to be a uh, an event space that I, you know I think is going to be a lot of fun for everybody once we can get this rolling again. This yeah. area really needed that. I, as much as uh, Upstate Music Hall, I, I love the place. There's a lot of great history with bands and stuff there, but you know a, a better venue is needed around here rather than going into a old Kmart building. Yeah, know? it's going to be uh, it's going to be the way <laughs> to call that one out. <laughs> it's going to be a block party feel, you know. It's it's going to be the right band. Um we had we had some great guys scheduled. I mean, get the let out um Granger, we had uh uh what's the, truckers? I can't remember. Uh, we we just we had like six bands scheduled that were mm-hmm. were unbelievable. Yeah. So um, we're going to get back on that and uh, really hammer that portion of our business. Mm, I can't wait. We set up a whole new, you know, a whole other company to deal with that. Oh, really? Yeah. Like a whole other corporation? Or? Yeah, a whole other yeah. corporation. That's Frog Alley Productions. Um, Is that for and, liability reasons? Well, I mean, there's that, and there's just how, how you you kind of split the baby, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. You want to you want to be buying kegs from the brewery, yeah, wholesale, and selling mm-hmm. them retail, and mm-hmm. you just want to do it right for all the tax purposes, and yep. and. Uh, so, so we started. We've got a bunch of different corporations now. That's that just to, to do it right. <laughs> so, How do you even keep your head around all that? Uh, Joe, Joe's been great, you know. <laughs> Joe, yeah. Joe Connor's an animal. He gets the shit done. He does. He gets it done. He's an animal. <laughs> do you see so. that branching out of uh, moving out of the parking lot at some point? And I don't know. You know, we're we're, we're actively pursuing property in the area and uh, actively looking at a diff- a more development projects. And could we make a better venue? Um, probably. Um, but this, I think, is going to be very ser- serviceable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For a long time, um, I think it's a great way to do it because it's we're not investing a lot of money in the venue. We set up. I mean, you've been down there, yeah. the lower tap room. And those bathrooms were not set up for the brewery. That was all set up for event space. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, we'll have like porta potties and everything. But the, but it's a it's a nice way for people to go in and go to a nice bathroom and and, well, and you get all the garage doors now and everything. It all yeah, and you up. can you can open the whole thing up oh, and, and just awesome. it's like inside outside. Mm-hmm. Um, Which so. was your entire concept upstairs too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's the same concept. It's just downstairs. Just and, yeah, way bigger, way bigger. You know. <laughs> um, 
So uh, we're excited about that lower tap room too, because that's going to be more craft centric. You know, we're going to really focus on one-off beers and um, beers for the beer enthusiasts, um, which we really haven't we have really haven't gone that direction yet. We were just we were really getting our feet under us and trying to make our staple beers. Mm And, you know, we have one of the best brewers in the country, and this guy can make some amazing beer. And just, I mean, this beer, this, uh, just the Trace, which is the, uh, yeah, the stout in the Buffalo Trace barrels is, is just so good. I, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I have a pretty good buzz off of it. Yeah. It's, <laughs> how, how did you guys team up with him? With, uh, Rich Michaels? Mm-hmm. Um, so I had the concept. I mean, when I originally did this, I wasn't getting into the brewing business. I was, um, I was a developer trying to find a brewery that would come into our project and, and operate a brewery. And, you know, we, we talked to some of the bigger names in the area and, uh, like, uh, Druthers went down to Mohawk Harbor. We were talking to them, which, you know, we designed that space as well. And we're happy for them that they went down there. Um, but, uh, when I, when I was pitching this concept of really involving the community in the space and, and training being the next step for training brewers when we were meeting with SCCC, um, Dr. Muno there brought uh, Rich Michaels to the first meeting where I did the presentation and Rich pulled me aside after and he's like, hey, I'm, I think this is a great concept. I'd, I'd really like to be a part of this. Really? And I said, well, you know, what, you know, what do you mean? He's like, well, I think, why don't we just, why don't we just do the, do a brewery, you know? And really? And uh, I had known Drew Schmidt for a long time. Um, was friendly with drew from he he had worked at mad jack and and uh i had known him from um when when he was with um steve wait and and uh, trying to do a brewery in schenectady you know the the big house from albany was was trying to do a brewery in schenectady and i'd met him i'd met uh drew so i just they had worked together at the big house so i thought it was like a natural team and they were they're they're so friendly and they work together so well oh so nice um so and, and we've got some great, great uh, students that we've gotten out of the program really? that, that work with us as well. You know, Steve and Laura, and uh, and we're excited about that. So that's so cool. Yeah. So we've talked about a lot of things that we do know about. Is there anything insight you can give us about future shit going on? I mean, does it stop here? Does 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 frog go bigger? Does reform take over more buildings um you're gonna build out another block somewhere else i mean (laughs) we're actively pursuing another block to do um oh you are yeah and and we probably will i I think uh i'll do it much different way i mean i won't try to take it i won't try to tackle it myself yeah um which i you know i should have never done in the first place but um (laughs) so you know lesson learned well i remember whenever anything was going on i'd be like I was I'm probably downstairs, you know, at the tap room drinking with Merck. And uh, you have so many levels. I got to, like, you describe, like, downstairs, and you got the lower level. And we're drinking, and I'm like, where's JT? You're out on the balconies putting together the railings. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, we, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's the whole place is gutted, and, you know, there's nothing inside. You're just out there, you know, boring holes, drilling down yeah steve kerber and i did a lot of the work there which i don't you know probably nobody knows that but we did all the demo like probably i'm gonna say 50 or 60 percent of the demo well down there if they went to the uh the uh temporary tap room the slideshow kind of showed it all yeah right (laughs) so um 
but I'll never do that again. That was a one-shot deal. Yeah, um, we've got, got we've got some other projects on the boards in Schenectady that we're excited about. Yeah, um, we're just kind of we got to get this one repackaged, refinanced, and um, we'll move forward from there. But on on the brewery side, we are we are looking at some expansion possibilities. Oh, really? So um, around here, um, I, you know, Druthers has their model where they're they're like coming around and they're they're doing a lot around the capital district. We're mm-hmm. we're, we're probably. I mean, we'll we'll probably go three hours out. Oh, we're okay. You know, do another that, one. Yeah. So I, that's kind of my thought process. Is okay. like we don't want to be like we we like Frog Alley to be a destination to bring people to Schenectady. Not mm-hmm. not to you know I don't want to put a Frog Alley in every every county. It definitely brings a lot of people here. Yeah, and 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 that was that was a big part of what we want to do with Frog Alley is is uh, make it a destination and, and bring bring people to the area. Um, you know, and we've got the seventy four apartments that, I mean. The community at the apartments is really nice. I can't believe how fast you leased them out. Yeah, I think we leased. Uh, I think we leased twenty five apartments in the first thirty days. You know, we only have seventy four, so it was an incredible wow. rate and through a pandemic. And then we went right through the pandemic <laughs> and kept leasing and, and leased them all up, and everybody was blown away. So we're you know we can't be more excited about that. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, so we've got you know we've got a great mix of tenants. We got the Janelle Group, of course, on the top, which we mentioned earlier. We got the seventy four apartments. We got Frog Alley. Then we've got uh, Annabelle's Pizzeria, which does all our food for the brewery. We have Bountiful Bread coming in, and we've got a full bakery. And then we've got uh, we've got the distillery downstairs, the brew house downstairs, and then we've yeah. got SECC doing their confectionery program, which is kind of exciting. So that's so cool. A dessert program. So that's so cool. Yeah. Is there more commercial space available? Or? I got like uh, 2,000 square feet left, and Tim Trier and I are working on something right now. Oh, you are? To do together on that in that space. And um, I mean, it's it's actually 4,000 if there's some other space available that, you know, we're tying I, it together with I you. Want, I wanted that. Yeah, yeah. I wanted that space. It's it's nice space. <laughs> um, it's it's really, it's a space. It's it's, it's awesome space. Um, I love that space, but um, I, I think... Then we'll uh, we'll probably in the spring we'll start on the blockhouse and get that thing all tightened up and cool. And uh, is that the one on the far end? Yeah, on the far? on the west side. Yep. On on Church uh, South. It looks South like Church. a pretty cool building. How it's is it really, inside? Super it's historic. really it's really nice. It's yeah. uh, you know it's all brick inside as well. It's uh, it's pretty uh, it's pretty nice inside. It's a pretty it's, historic building. Yeah, from the early eighteen hundreds, eighteen twenty, I think the original oh, that, piece that built. Old. Yeah. Oh. Hmm. The Breslau's building, I think, it was from 1890. We, we we placed it around 1890. Really? That, yeah, the, that's the that, first. It's one of the first cast-in-place structures in the country. Wow. Like, where they cast all the columns and beams. It has to be. I mean, if you look at the time frame on when that stuff was going on, it's like, it was within, like, 30 years of being. You would know better than I would. Yeah. <laughs> it's just incredible. It really is. That's awesome. So Well, hey, man. I think I can speak for Merck and I both, and I say thanks for... Yeah. yeah. Pop, pop on our way this this evening. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Sounds good. Appreciate it. And uh, to everybody else out, do you want to shout out to anybody that's yeah. helped you along the way? Oh, God. The list is so long. <laughs> I mean, we could be here all night. My wife, Michelle, um, Dave Mesler from BBL, um, amazing guy, has really had my back. And Kevin Gleason and Steve Obermeyer over there at BBL, they've been great. Um, you know, all the contractors that have helped us out. Yeah. Um, Steve Kerber, you know, the Brewers. I love Steve. Yeah, Steve Kerber's. And Joe, Joe O'Connor, who's just kind of th- rolled the sleeves up and got the, the financial stuff straightened out. That's, that's not my strong suit, so <laughs> more of a vision guy. Yeah. 
Um, Doug Sales, uh, this guy Doug Sales is like, he's unbelievable. So he's he's like the guy. He's he does the vision, high level vision stuff, and he's great. Um, Ray Gillen and Jamie LaHutt, who I mentioned earlier, and yeah, those, those guys are yeah. those guys are ballers. Um, Gary McCarthy and Chris Lunn over at the city is, have been really mm-hmm. big help and and get and muscling our way through this. There's so many people to thank. I, I know. It's like I, I know. What do you what do you start? What do you end? Yeah, it's it's not you know. Everyone's working just to get every us. everybody. What was nice is I think like not everybody, but ninety percent of the people I think understand what what I'm trying to do and mm-hmm. and and they, they know that it's like the right thing for the community. It's not just. It's not about me doing a project or me making money at the brewery. It's really about trying to to change Schenectady and 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 do something that's important enough that that um, stands the test of time. Yeah. Is there anything so, with the city that you, that you have in your back of your mind that maybe you can't tackle, but you would like to see change in the city? Um, you know, I I, I oh chris gardner's another one who's always been been so helpful with me um chris is cool yeah uh you know i I, there's always there's always things you could change in the city i think this schenectady is um schenectady is a really nice place to do development because they're everybody's kind of on the same team you know everybody i think everybody gets the vision and that's sometimes the hardest part is like we're working with a um a developer from plattsburgh and he's trying to do this amazing project and 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 they're just stopping him like they're just pushing back on him and i'm like what are you doing this is a beautiful project you know it's sometimes they they just they're they kind of get in their own way you know and and schenectady doesn't do that i mean schenectady's Mm -hmm. always been a city at least since i've been here and i moved here and I started doing work down here in 05 and they've just always been very receptive to good ideas. And I think that's, uh, you know, you got Christine Primiano over at the, uh, on the planning board mm-hmm. and Christine yeah. Diaz who used to work for me and they, they all get it, you know, um, that they, they, they all are working in the rowing in the same direction as I would say. Yeah. So I, I'd, I probably wouldn't change much with those guys. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> maybe not charge me any taxes. But. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's not changing anything. No, that's <laughs> not, not changing. changing so. <laughs> but hey, man, I appreciate it. Yeah, coming yeah, out. Yeah, thanks for coming in. Sounds good. Well, we'll end this podcast and uh, we'll have another beer. Cheers. <laughs> and thanks to all your listeners for checking us out. I'll Take care. You. <laughs> <laughs>